Welcome to Imposters Anonymous. To any first time listeners, as always, I highly recommend you take a moment to jump back to the intro of the project. It should be listed as a trailer for the show at the bottom of the list of episodes in your podcast player. It's only about seven minutes long and provides some pretty important context about the nature of this show, its aims, and how it differs from most. So again, I advise you starting there so that the premise of this project isn't totally lost on you. One final update. I will begin trying to incorporate the audience's questions into episodes, both for recordings with recurring guests as well as solo Ask Me Anything episodes. So if there's anything you'd like to hear discussed or you'd like me to speak to specifically, please do give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter and send your questions. The audience isn't huge here, so there's a good chance your questions or topics will be featured. If you have anything at all, don't hesitate. I'd love to hear from you. And on that note, thanks for giving this a shot. And I hope you enjoy the episode. You don't know how lucky you are being a monkey. The past is just a story we tell ourselves. to Imposters Anonymous. Emily, thanks for joining. How are you feeling today? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It was it was definitely a, a restful and then much needed, I guess, restorative weekend. So mm-hmm. I it's it's been a productive day thus far. So that's that's often I can all I can really ask for. So I'm happy to be here as well. <laughs> but yeah, I guess to to sort of jump right into things. I think what really established this whole conversation in the first place was me being somewhat interested in your work for a few different reasons. But one of the the more interesting elements of it for me was essentially this nostalgia and, and sentimentality of the the busy and then lively cityscapes that you portray a lot in your work, especially after a year like 2020 and I guess 2021 now as it slowly slips away from us that we, we've all had this very unique and unprecedented challenge that we faced and seeing work that really portrays what our sense of normalcy used to be and something that, that was very comforting to us, just seeing a bustling city and, and seeing people living their lives out and about. And obviously that's something that's starting to return, but um yeah, I'm just curious if that was something that, that just sort of happened organically or inspired you or if it was uh, intended to some degree. Hmm. So when I paint, I'm using various photographs for um, for inspiration and for composition and, and whatnot. And a lot of the begin early work I did in 2020 was based on reference photography from the past year. So Mm -hmm. it was just kind of inevitably capturing, I guess, like before, before everything started. Right. Um, But then throughout the year, and I continue to photograph, um, things did change. So some of my work over the year did end up um, having fewer figures, 
fewer vehicles, um, just because I would go out and there would be, you know, fewer people there. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like I when I paint, I'm trying to capture reality and capture the moment. But of course, there's kind of a lag because um, each painting takes quite a long time. So and there's a lot mm-hmm. of prep and there's a lot that goes into leading up to developing the idea for a painting. So when I'm looking at photographs, um, they're not necessarily taken from, you know, that immediate time mm-hmm. frame. So that's kind of, I guess, where the nostalgia came in. I know some of the very first pieces I did at the beginning of the pandemic were, um, did feature a lot of people and there was a little element of sort of sadness to it to know that we were mm-hmm. all pretty, I don't know what the word is, but we were all feeling like this was endless, I guess. And right. then it was suddenly gone. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you feel like it's something that in, in some way has been therapeutic for you during this time to, to be able to, to work on such things? Or has it? would you say it was more of a challenge to continue to betray what... I guess life used to be, and then as that evolved and into what it was, did that become sort of harder for you to come to terms with, or did you think it was helpful? Well, I guess as the past and almost two years now have come, like I said, my work has changed, and some of my more recent pieces are really reflecting either 2020 or 2021. Um, and I did, you know, beyond simply some of the work having fewer people or fewer figures in them. I think um, there was one particular piece that I was kind of unsure about. It was a busy city street, like always. However, this painting had some figures wearing masks. And Mm. I was very unsure on whether I wanted to include that. Um, they're they're pretty far away. It's obscure. It's not really in your face. You wouldn't necessarily notice that right away. But I did I did feel kind of a a struggle when I these things were in the photographs that I'm working from, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't I don't like this. <laughs> but I also <laughs> felt like I would kind of be lying if I didn't include it um, because mm-hmm. I do try to capture you know, our moment, our reality. Um, however, when I say that, I do tend to put a romantic spin on it um, with the lighting mm-hmm. and whatnot. But there are some things I just felt like I needed to include. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like it was, that response was more about like how it made you feel creating it or how you thought it would make the audience feel consuming it? Oh, it wasn't really, it was definitely not about somebody else's perception. It was just more about kind of staying true to reality and true to Mm -hmm. the time and subtly including something that, you know, isn't really like a great symbol or a great feeling, but it's present Mm -hmm. and it's, um, yeah, it felt wrong not to include it i guess Mm -hmm. now that being said that's the only there was only one piece where i did that um because i do try to keep my work 
more, I would say, positive, even though they're often night and dark and um, maybe have some edginess to them. My overall hope is that they do um, inspire more of positive, positive feelings or um, mm-hmm. making people see a beautiful scene and something that might not be traditionally thought of as beautiful. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely answers my question. And and that was largely my assumption, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, I guess, something I was interested in asking as well, like right now, more than ever for, for various reasons, it is, there's lots of things for people to look at and not feel so great, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's just a lot of reasons for that. And more than ever, I think it's easy for us to feel divided and, and for our, whether it be political or, or social landscape feels more divisive than ever. And mm-hmm. I think art is often one of the battlegrounds for that yeah. space. And, and I think a lot of people really enjoy that and, and value that and relish in that. But I think at the same time, there's there's also maybe limits to what that really produces. And, and some people also don't really have an interest in that as well. And, and I think often people do need some sense of, of comfort in, <laughs> in times of challenge, not just not just uh, maybe controversy for, for controversy's sake. So I think one of the things I certainly noticed in your work is that it is it is quite comforting and it is pretty uncontroversial by nature. And I think it's something that a lot of people can resonate with anyone who's, who's even just been in a city, which is most people, right? That just what it's like to, to be a part of something that, that feels sort of strangely collective and collaborative and, and living and breathing uh, as, as a physical location, I think is, is something that we all enjoy on, on some level. But I'm also curious, is that, have you, felt the need to maybe steer clear of, of things that are more controversial or is, is that just something that just happens to be a factor of what you've chosen to create? Hmm. So for me, I do. Um, yeah, it does feel like a lot, many artists like enjoy um, addressing social issues in their work. And I mm-hmm. really don't, I just don't want that mm-hmm. to be a part of my art or the message or the point. Um, so yes, I guess I deliberately steer clear, but it's not even like I have to try to steer clear. It's just simply not at mm-hmm. all where my mind is going when I'm thinking about, uh, painting or creating, um, I do want my work to be more, uh, like you said, comforting is a good word or approachable and, and not dictate a certain political agenda. Um, Mm -hmm. I do like, I feel, I feel like there's kind of enough issues and negativity and fighting and it's a nice um, mental break for me to create these pieces with a different mind frame. And then of course I hope that those viewing it, are getting that sense as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that certainly makes a lot of sense to me. And and I think I, I find myself on, on either side of that fence at different times, even, even with this whole project that I think it's, uh, it's hard not to get into politics. Sometimes it's hard not to, to get into whatever the most relevant social issues are because people, mm-hmm. 
people do care and it's and they are relevant but mm-hmm. at times it is it's exhausting and it, yeah. it, it feels almost uh, redundant in a way where it, if it's if it's making you feel worse and you're not it's not actionable either I think is maybe mm-hmm. the tricky part for a lot of it is that I think I'll always generally support conversation in the name of actual change in action but I think yeah. a lot of the the talk that I even engage in with my friends sometimes is it doesn't quite go anywhere and then and then we just get worked up and yeah. <laughs> you know it's there's there's not quite an end to it and there's certainly something to be said about things that simply occupy a different space entirely and mm-hmm. that that don't have to be divisive in, in any sort of way and that I think now more than ever it's hard for us to find common space in which mm-hmm. we we feel like we can just uh, agree or empathize with people universally yeah. and so again it it's certainly something that I, I appreciate as a as a factor of your work thank you <laughs> and so i've i've noticed that movement in general is something you've spoken a bit about in the past and it's it's a pretty integral part of your work and just as, as well as our human experience on whole but i guess like when the world quote unquote stopped was that something that you felt like you you needed to try to keep alive or continue to capture when it often felt for a while that things weren't really moving at all mm. yeah i do let me think how i could answer this so like the movement and my work if i'm trying to i guess give the sense of again like the the moment and capturing um mm-hmm. a single moment that is not going to come back that's why they're usually not very static or um you know for example a city without people or without the vehicles or without you know the vehicles on the road um i think it's like i think the movement is is important to give it that sense of life now when things are a little quieter now of course things are i don't know things are still strange but people are out again but there was right. that that short relatively short period of time where it felt like you would go out and like nobody was on the road and nobody was on the sidewalks and um so at that point my husband and I we were doing some photography work together and um i ended up appearing in some of the shots to use for reference mm. because nobody else was there yeah. um so normally we don't normally i'm capturing you know people who are um, out and i don't know them but when no one was there we kind of had to be creative <laughs> so there's a few mm-hmm. paintings out in the world that i've that i'm in <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fun yeah yeah it was sure. kind of fun <laughs> And is that I guess as a subject is that something you've always been interested in? I, I know that the large majority of of your work focuses on city scenes of of mm-hmm. some sort. Is that is that always something that you've been drawn to or is that kind of a recent development? I would say yes for the most part. Um I think what's kind of been the theme for me in my artwork is my paintings tend to reflect where I'm located essentially. So when mm-hmm. I first started painting I was living in Kauai and mm. at that point obviously I'm not really doing cityscapes. Um uh, painting yeah. oceans and palm trees and 
the Hawaiian um, landscape. And then I returned to Michigan, which is where I'm from originally, and lived in a relatively urban area. So I kind of started moving more towards some some cityscapes then. And then since living in Vancouver, it's pretty much um, taken taken over as far as what I want to be painting. So I live right in Vancouver, and there's so many interesting places just right in the city um, that I use as inspiration. So I do feel like if I were to move somewhere in the future, I would assume my artwork would kind of evolve to that surrounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How was how was Kauai, by the way? Is that is that was that kind of an influential space for you when you first started painting there? Yeah, um, that's where I began painting. So before I was living, or before that point in my life, I'd always you know enjoyed art and created more as like a hobby. Um, but then when I was there, I learned about working with palette knives, which is how I work now, and I was just very drawn to that method of painting and. Um, I guess that's where I really developed this this passion and this direction. Um, so I consider that kind of my starting place in my in my artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hear it's beautiful. I haven't had the chance to go myself, but it, it's always been a dream. So uh, well, you're in a I'll have to check it out someday. You're in a beautiful area there in North Carolina, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I often maybe take it for granted and. Yeah. I think people from other places often say that, and I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just because I, I, I grew up here, and uh, yeah. you know, I think the grass is always greener, and, mm-hmm. and you, you just get used to what is there. So I, I definitely am not always as grateful for it as I can be, but it, but it is a, it is a beautiful place that has a lot of diversity of, of landscape, and, and it has a lot to offer. And the weather is is generally quite moderate and, and nice. So. Yeah. It's it's definitely interesting to to hear that from other people who are from just different kinds of climates or yeah. geography, and they're like, "Oh, North Carolina, that's amazing." That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm always looking for something better. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was um, younger, a lot of people were interested in moving to North Carolina, and it was mm-hmm. kind of felt like a popular destination. But yeah. I went to the other oh, direction. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I guess it still is, but I, my parents were sort of part of that yeah. boom that, that happened <laughs> uh, a couple decades ago where mm-hmm. a lot of people from, you know, the Northeast and, and a few different places, but a lot from the Northeast made it down to North Carolina. Yeah. Both my parents are, grew up in the Boston area, so mm-hmm. they, they they made the trek down here for the, Little for nice the weather. Little nice weather. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad place, but I'm sure out there in Vancouver, it's it's already pretty cold, huh? Oh, it's right. Vancouver has pretty moderate weather. It's usually fairly de- nice. Um, oh, really? However, yeah, it's usually pretty nice here. But um, right now, we're experiencing a ton of rain and actually quite bad flooding um, mm. in our region. So hopefully, that lets up soon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. It always does. But uh, yeah, but I guess to, to sort of pivot back, I know that obviously you would, it is something that sort of has to be a part of your identity at this point as being an artist. And I know it's something that people sort of float around and, and struggle with at different points in their quote unquote careers or 
even just a hobbyist, whatever it may be. And it's something I, I talk about a lot in different ways because I'm a graphic designer by by day, I guess. And I, I often I often just I simply don't consider myself an artist. And and that's for several reasons, but I, I think what I do is very is more so technical than it is artistic. But all that to say, I think everyone maybe sometimes struggles with with what art is and, and how to identify that and how to identify with it as well. And so I'm just sort of curious if if you feel sort of firmly ground firmly grounded in in where you are as an artist and that being who you are and what you do uh, versus sort of struggling with some degree of, of self-doubt and, and imposter syndrome and wanting to always compare yourself to, to others and things of that nature? Mm, that's a good question. So um, I've, I do feel at this point in my art career or my life that I feel quite, to be honest, I feel quite confident. Um, I don't mm-hmm. really, I don't believe I have, um, I do feel comfortable calling myself an artist and being confident in that. And um, I guess it's like, how do I explain this? I think earlier in my art making, I maybe struggled with this a bit more because I was just new. And um, Mm -hmm. But now at this point where I'm at now, I feel like I can be confident in myself and what I'm making um, for a few reasons. One, I'm, I know I'm putting in the hours and I'm like truly dedicating myself to making my artwork. Mm-hmm. So for example, I'm up at 5 a.m. every day so I can make sure I'm painting oh, wow. by six. And, you know, I'm often going to, I'm, I'm really dedicating as much as I can to this and um, mm-hmm. very passionate about it. So that helps me to be confident in what I'm doing because, you know, to have the self-control and self-discipline to wake up early and commit to this practice and commit to to getting better and to putting in the patience for each painting um, and seeing it through, I feel like there's there's nothing really to doubt about it. Mm-hmm. For me, a big thing has just been developing the patience and not to rush through the work because I know that if I I put in the time on each piece, um, I'm quite confident it, it will be successful. Now, that all being said, I think it's natural to at times struggle with comparison. So, Mm -hmm. Yes, at some points I do find that I compare myself to others and I have questions, but ultimately I feel like I have pretty good um, self-discipline and goal setting to be able to stay focused on, you know, where I'm headed, which is a good place to be. So I haven't always been here. (laughs) Um, You know, I've been painting, I would say, like... I've been painting for a little over 10 years now. And many of those early years, I, I made a lot of um, bad paintings. I rushed through <laughs> work. I, you know, comparing myself and, you know, every artist is going through different struggles. But I think over the years, I've 
learned about how to um, how to be a little bit more how to kind of guess separate myself from what other people are doing and focus on mm. where I need to go and what actions I have to take to get there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I want to yeah. add one more thing to that before I forget. Yeah, of course. So I do want to also mention that I'm a really like strong believer in continuing to push my art and push it to grow and not become stagnant in like a formula or doing something a certain way and becoming um, kind of plateauing essentially. So I'm always, I am always kind of looking to see how, what is my next step and how can I grow my work? Um, And with that, there is some, at times there's some moments of anxiety and, trying something new can be hard or pushing Mm -hmm. something a little different can be hard, but I don't feel like it's, um, it's self doubt is, uh, wouldn't be the word I would use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it seems like you definitely have a pretty, a pretty healthy and and established perspective at this point. And of course there's, there's always going to be doubts, but I think you make uh, a very, a very valid statement in saying that, I think as long as you are putting in the time and, and you're you're committing yourself to it, and I think if your your process is sound, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to be so tied to the outcomes. Mm-hmm. Is is generally something that I've I've heard pretty consistently to be helpful. And I think with art in particular, it can be quite difficult because it it often feels like only the outcome matters, right? Yeah. If, if if people like it, if it's received well, if mm-hmm. if someone wants to buy it, whatever it may be, yeah. then that's all that matters. But obviously, that's not truly the case. But it can be almost more than any other profession. It can become so, so easy for the individual, the creator, to identify with it and that outcome so much that. When things don't go exactly how you want it or people don't quite understand it or you, it's, mm-hmm. it can be quite devastating, but it, it mm-hmm. seems like, it seems like you've developed a certain perspective that, that allows you to be a little bit insulated from that. I try. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, do, what do you do? What do you do to um, help yourself stay on path without, you know, without letting too much self-doubt stand in your way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess it's impossible for me to answer this without to some degree echoing what this project is really about for me and imposter syndrome being something that I've I've certainly struggled my fair share with in my life and creating this project itself, a lot of it was an expression of that and mm-hmm. a means for me to attempt to overcome that by a, creating something that I'd, I'd wanted to create for years and, and sort of held myself back from, but also it almost being this, creating something that had this message at its core almost mm-hmm. disallowed me from being so caught up in, mm-hmm. in that element of my experience as well. And so I, I knew that at this, the core of this, I, the reasons that sometimes held me back were ones that can't really hold me back here. Mm-hmm. Like people don't actually know who I am yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's not tied to me as an individual. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's no real important judgment that I'm going to receive. There's, 
There's nothing that's truly tied to this thing that I call myself that we mm-hmm. sometimes can be so neurotic and worried about and treat with such sensitivity that in, in this format and the way that I've created things, it's it's really just about what the content is for what it is. And, and if people enjoy it, fantastic. And, and if they don't, I, I don't have to be so worried about that being a reflection of me per se. And, and I think that's been part of the problem in the past is just being worried if I'm qualified or if I'm good enough or if, if I even have something valuable to say. And it, it has allowed me to, to really just push past a lot of that. And of course, I still struggle with it on some levels. And I I still can be very self-critical at times and mm-hmm. I can, I can be very anal about the, the output sometimes just because I, I come from that sort of background and I, I always just want things to translate well, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a constant exercise for sure. Every, every episode of, of just accepting the, the content for what it is and uh, the, the mistakes for what they are and the, the beauty in that if, if there is any. So it's it's been a lot of fun for me and, and definitely has been a growing experience but i guess at the same time i went i'll mention one other thing which has been mentioned in a few episodes before and i don't know if you're familiar with the concept but in short just the idea that it's rooted in in sort of a, a greek perspective on genius in that and and it's in the root of the word it wasn't intended to be used as something that someone actually was. It was something that someone had or was mm-hmm. given. And so individuals were more so looked at who who created or did great things as someone who had been sort of gifted by a certain inspiration or, or spirit. They, they had a genius for a time mm-hmm. and they harnessed, with, harnessed it, they collaborated with it. And they created something beautiful and that was worth celebrating. But also if they failed, it wasn't necessarily tied to their identity or them as an individual. And, you know, on, on either side of it, I think it, it it gets rid of some of the exalting we do of, of those who are very talented, as well as the maybe destruction of those who, who don't quite succeed in our eyes. So I know in, in modern times, we we do sometimes obsess about genius and and brilliance and inspiration Mm -hmm. and what that somehow means about the value of the individual but i i I very much reject that personally and i think it sometimes has helped me process my successes and and failures and not get too high or too low on myself because Mm -hmm. i a lot of the time it is just what inspires you it's what comes to you and it's not it doesn't have to be anything more than that. And mm-hmm. if, if people like it or, or they don't, it's it's more just a matter of their perspective than it is a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's like you can't control that. You can only control yourself and your actions and your practice and just kind of moving yourself forward and some things just have to let be as they as they will i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. right yeah i wanted to jump back i know you mentioned getting up at, at 5 a.m mm-hmm. every morning and it, it makes me a little bit curious about your process is that is that practically speaking because of how time intensive it is that you mm-hmm. you need to sort of start very early to to make progress throughout the day is that kind well, of how that works for you yeah i guess it's a few things it's 
Um, I do find that I, I work better in the mornings. I feel like I'm more mm-hmm. efficient. I'm more like productive. Um, I just, I like spending my day that or spending my morning that way. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes, um, if I were not to do this, it's just kind of the day can slip away or I really try to right. prioritize painting first, um, there's a lot of obviously other elements to being an artist that are time consuming, you know, the photographing the work and um, websites and other accounting things. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it's my, for me, I find it best to um, do all of that kind of stuff later and put all of my best energy and my, um, my best uh time for focus into the actual work so Mm. for me it's just uh easier to to do this first thing and then then I also feel like I've you know really accomplished what's most important um right away before anything can happen um to Mm. take that time away so (laughs) right yeah yeah I mean that that certainly makes sense to me and I I often hold a similar perspective it, just as far as, you know, doing what is most important to you first, because mm-hmm. things are, things are always going to get in the way yes. in, in life. And if you don't prioritize it, it just gets harder and harder mm-hmm. throughout the day. So, so I certainly can relate to that. Yes. I was just also curious if it was that if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are having to essentially work throughout the day or like take large breaks in an order for paint to dry or things like that. If you just sort of needed to start early so that you could take break, you know, like practically speaking, but I, I, that could be a a false assumption. Yeah. I don't have to wait for paint to dry. Um, I'm not working in layers. Everything is in the right onto the canvas. So I don't need to, to do that, but there is only so much stamina at one like mm-hmm. block of time that I find that I do need breaks or I just, I'm kind of saturated and I need to step away. Um, so th- that is part of it. Definitely. Um, and then, and then there's also other practical elements of it where like it is, it's actually quite fa- It can be quite fatiguing on my, my hand. Um, I'm, it's just like, you know, you're using your muscles in your hand on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah, it's kind it. of to, to break that up. And honestly, sometimes fatiguing on my eyes. Um, the work I'm doing right now is, I don't know if you've seen it or not. They're a little mm. bit new. Um, I'm doing paintings of reflections. So I've finished one oh, okay. piece. It's like a glass door and it's reflections into the building and behind so the street behind you Mm. kind of so it almost looks somewhat like um what is it called like when you overlay photos um Mm -hmm. you're seeing a double exposure like you're seeing a few images within it and i'm working on another one now and i mean they're they just take a lot of mental focus and they're quite detailed and and whatnot so i do want to make sure i give give them proper time. So they do take Mm -hmm. a long time, which means yes, (laughs) early days, (laughs) adequate breaks and knowing when to take a break. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's certainly practical. And and I, I can imagine it would be 
quite intensive. And to be fair, I don't have any particular experience with that. But as as someone who is a designer, and, and obviously I'm working with screens, but mm-hmm. I think anything that that has a technical element to it can be a, a lot more draining than you would think. Yeah, <laughs> just well, on on your brain and on your eyes. Yeah, and uh, I, I definitely have to be very diligent about taking breaks and and just finding space away from it because it it can take a lot more out of you than you would think as someone who's worked in like very physically intensive jobs mm-hmm. as well it's it's just a it's an interesting trade off there for sure yeah i i bet especially the computer screen gets fatiguing over long t- periods of time it's hard to look at yeah no it's it's often a little too much but i I try to work any opportunity I can get to, to work yeah. on pen and paper oh, or good. pencil and paper, really, just so yeah. that I can not. But it, it is often just so much more practical to yeah. to, to use a screen and, and yeah. to use different programs. So it's, it's uh, you know, you, you try to find the balance, but it's definitely something that, that does take a toll over time, yeah. for sure. Is most of your work um, starting on pen and paper and then transferring or or not so much? Um, I definitely wouldn't say most of it. I mean, I think <laughs> things that are more conceptual yeah. and that I'm I'm more so starting from scratch and, and having some creative freedom with things, mm-hmm. I would say yes. But a lot of my work is also generally within a, a particular framework that mm-hmm. is already pretty yeah. specific or established yeah. for a client. And so it's, yeah, a lot of it, it just doesn't make sense to do much. But yeah. when I am doing like logo work or yeah. even, you know, simple wireframes and such for websites, things of that nature, it sometimes is helpful to to start start in a sketchbook just to just to get it out and to not spend too much time I think that is often the negative about using the computer and using software is that they are so powerful mm-hmm. that it's it's hard not to get ahead of yourself when yeah. you are in there or I'll start sort of over-designing something or getting too invested mm-hmm. in making things right or how I actually want them to ultimately be and, and visually designing versus just laying the framework that mm-hmm. is that is potentially just going to change. And so yeah. when you start pen and paper it, it's it's a lot easier to iterate and, and just cross yeah. things out or yeah. just move on because yeah. it, it took you 10 seconds but yeah <laughs> uh I, i'd honestly like to do more of it but i i often just forget that that's even an option as mm-hmm. a place to start and and how you can mm-hmm. basically do the same thing on a lot of tablets and yeah <laughs> and, and stuff so it's like it's it's hard to get away from the screens it really is it is yeah but i, I guess you you get a, a pretty healthy dose every day of, of not looking at screens yeah. by looking at canvases. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have too much trouble with those screens. I, um, I think like, of course it'd always be best to have less screen time. Uh, sure. I think most people could probably cut down a little bit on that. Um, mm-hmm. but I try to stay relatively scheduled <laughs> where I don't, um, <laughs> mindlessly go on. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to to jump back a little bit, I know earlier in the conversation you'd mentioned wanting to have this sort of overall positive message, or or mm-hmm. that those are the at least the sorts of feelings you want people to experience through your work. Is that does that come from you feeling like on an individual level that that's 
more so your perspective on life that you're, you're you're more of an optimist or is that something that you've sort of tried to develop and express through your work um versus being like kind of your your native temperament i think kind of a yes a little both i don't know how i'll just tell you a story that might explain yeah. it so um when i first moved to michigan from hawaii i I was finding it to be a little bit difficult because I had become accustomed to the Hawaiian climate and landscape and it was really lovely. Um, And then when I went to Michigan, which I'm from there, I'm very familiar with Michigan. It's a beautiful state. Um, I was just, despite that though, the years I came back, it was particularly bad winters. I don't know if you remember this while back, uh, the term polar hmm. vortex. Do you remember when that oh, was yeah, a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just come back in time for that. So I was, I, so essentially I had, um, I was struggling with coming back to Michigan and the climate and, and not having that immediate, stunning obvious beauty of hawaii outside of my door Mm. every moment moment um so i think at that point that's where i started to really try to be mindful and noticing positivity or beauty in more unexpected places um and i so i guess maybe it's more of like a learned mindset you could say mm-hmm. where i would i would really try to focus on what was around me and and see that it was there was always something good there um so mm-hmm. and now i'm in vancouver which vancouver is also um it's very beautiful here it's probably one of the most beautiful cities so it's easy it's easy to find the beauty here yeah. but um it's kind of fun also to pick places that could be somewhat inconspicuous and and try to um, try to highlight that in just everyday life. So one way I've done that recently is painting some corner stores. Um, so they're yeah, yeah. they're very quirky mm-hmm. but yeah you can if you know you could drive by them and never notice but you could also, just take a moment and see lots of lot that is there. Um, there's one around here, especially that I love that always has this huge flower display outside and, you know, Mm -hmm. on a rainy winter (laughs) Vancouver day, it's like a really happy sight to, to see, um, and to stop and appreciate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely seems like you have a very, a very mindful temperament, if that makes sense, that mm-hmm. you, you maybe take things a little bit slower and, and you try to maybe uh, take the scenic route and, 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 and really appreciate the, the smaller things of life. And, and I'm curious, do you, do you feel like there's a particular influence that, that um, made that perspective more clear for you? Or is that just sort of how you've, how you've always been? I think that's how I've always been, to be honest. I remember, um, like, as a kid, really having an eye for kind of details, I guess, or 
even mm-hmm. in my house growing up, kind of knowing where some obscure thing was and noticing it. Um, so I do feel like it's just kind of a trait that I have is to maybe be observant. Um, mm-hmm. And I know I've developed that with, of course, my art. So. Mm-hmm. Do you spend a lot of time mm-hmm. walking in, in, in the city? Is that is that something you enjoy? I just know that oh, yeah. it's something I honestly wish I did more of. Yeah. But, and I walk a fair amount. We've got two dogs at home, mm-hmm. and, and they, they need their exercise. But I, I once heard from – I'm blanking on who it actually was, but with someone of significance that I had a lot of respect for that – sort of just walking in, in any sort of environment with with no other distractions was a the best way you could spend your time uh in in travel but also just the best way to to get to know more about yourself and then to get to know any sort of space or city is is just walk everywhere that you can and and to to take things a little bit slower so i was i was just curious if that was something you spent spent time intentionally doing yeah, um, my husband and I have a poodle, and we spend a oh, lot yeah. of time walking her around Vancouver. Um, there's just so many. Yeah, we do walk a lot here, and um, we found that often it's nearly just as time-consuming to drive as it is to right. walk or at least do some kind of transit in between, um, just the traffic and the parking and whatnot. So we do we do spend a lot of time walking. Um, we're very fortunate to live near, um, fairly near the, the ocean to be able to walk by the ocean mm. is quite nice and just in our neighborhood. So um, I do agree, though, there's a lot that you see when you're walking that you might miss if you were driving. And then the path mm-hmm. you take when you're walking might take you somewhere different also, which is fun right. versus the main mm-hmm. main roads or whatever. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So what major, so city, you... what major city are you near? Is it Char- Charlotte? Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm closest to Raleigh. Oh, so, Charlotte. To Charlotte, North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. So Charlotte okay. is is definitely. I think a lot of people assume that Charlotte is the capital yeah. of North Carolina, and it's. I don't know if it is. I think it might actually be by population. Okay. I have to look that up, but it, it definitely is our biggest city, well, and yeah. it's it's the closest thing to like a, a metropolitan area that we have here, and uh, we have a couple sports teams in there there and such. So. It sort of functions more so like the capital in a way, but Raleigh is Raleigh is a bit more historic. Okay, it's a little smaller, but it's also there's a, it's kind of a tech environment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more of a business hub as well. So the, you know they, they they have their advantages and disadvantages for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think fewer people know about Raleigh, even though it's our capital, yeah. which I guess is true about a lot of capital cities. Yeah, but um, I've heard of it now that you mention it, but. I guess Charlotte is a more popular one that I, I've heard of. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it gets out there a little bit more so. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, I, I like Raleigh and it's, we haven't decided if it's really permanent for us. And mm-hmm. we both grew up in, in the relative area okay. of North Carolina. So we've certainly entertained potentially trying some other places um, in the near future, but, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I it's it's definitely with, a good place to be. Like with graphic design, are you pretty flexible as far as where you're 
able to work? Are you mostly remote or do you have to go? Are you kind of tied to office or something? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the past, like, I guess about eight months to a year, I, I've been pretty fully flexible with my work and, and it's, it's been remote. So nice. it, it definitely has opened me up to, to being able to kind of, uh, I guess, blur those lines and, and explore other places and, and still being able to, to work and being able to spend time other places. And mm-hmm. right now, essentially all the work I'm doing is freelance. So it's, yeah, I mean, it, it is really on, on my own time and schedule, which yeah. which is in some ways is nice and in some ways is stressful for sure. Yeah, so for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's, but the flexibility is definitely something that I enjoy a lot and value a lot because it's, yeah. to be honest, part of one of the reasons I, I got into it as a profession or as a major back in college in the first place was because I, I knew I wanted to do something that, that was transferable and that I could potentially... Yeah do on online or remotely mm-hmm. in some sort of capacity in the long term so it's it's definitely something that i enjoy but yeah, it'd be anywhere <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll see where it takes us and uh yeah it's again as, as we started the conversation i think it's considered to be like one of the top five places to live in the country, yeah. but I just never think that about where I live at all. And I'm, I'm always like, Oh, this, you know, Austin would be cool. Or, or Denver would be cool, but mm-hmm. it, it really is. It really is a great place to live. So I, I can't complain. Um, but yeah, I, I did want to ask before we maybe start to bring things to a close. I know you mentioned a bit about sort of wanting to push boundaries of your work and to prevent it from being stagnant and, and, and prevent it from not evolving mm-hmm. over time. And I'm sort of curious, I guess this is a very open-ended question, but if there's anything in particular that's exciting you right now or interesting you that you are, are trying to push, that you're trying to explore that maybe in the future, if, if we do this again, we can we can sort of come back to you and see how it's developed or just something that you're excited to work on or, or try in the near future. Hmm. So I'm doing that right now. It's what I talked mm-hmm. about earlier with the reflections. So up mm-hmm. until that piece, um, you know, like we've mentioned, my work has been a lot of street scenes, city life, um, corner stores, you know, vintage signs, all of this kind of stuff. And I really love, love those scenes and I'm going to continue developing that that body of work as well um but i'm the these reflections paintings i'm doing i feel like mm-hmm. are definitely a push they're 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 quite hard it's when i'm looking at them up close i'm almost like kind of like hard like kind of get lost in them a little bit because mm-hmm. i'm trying to it's hard to think about like, okay, what am I even painting right now? This is inside of the yeah. building, but I'm getting the reflection from this behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like mentally or intellectually, I guess they're, they, they're harder. They're harder to, mm-hmm. to do, um, to, to figure out. Um, and then, and then also for the person looking at them, they take a minute to kind of orient yeah. yourself of what it is. Um, but I am excited to kind of keep developing 
um, this idea and seeing, you know, where it goes, but also just developing this. Um, so right now I've mm. only done one of this concept and I'm about maybe two thirds the way through the second. Um, and I already mm. do feel like I'm seeing growth in between the two pieces. So that's, that's where I'm at now. Um, I like, one thing I'm liking about it is I feel like they're some, somewhat mysterious in a way because mm. although they're highly realistic, they're also like abstract in the sense that mm. you don't really know where you are or there's mm. not like a yeah. tale that's showing you, oh, this is at this location in Vancouver. It's much more mysterious, I guess. So that's something I'm also kind of thinking about in my my new work is like kind of I, I'm really pleased with the realism I'm developing and that's something I want to keep doing. And then these pieces with the reflections, they're more complex to make, they're realistic, they're abstract. It's it's something I'm going to pursue. And then it's funny because I had the idea um, I think it was in 2018, I, mm. I recall taking these photographs of this kind of idea, but I think at the time it was, it was too advanced, it was too hard to attempt. It, I wasn't developed enough in my skill to really be able to tackle it, but it's mm. almost like it was kind of simmering in the background. Yeah. And, and it's funny how things kind of resurface um, and you don't even totally plan for it. So I'm sure there's other things that are probably simmering that I haven't even pinpointed yet. But um, I think the important part is for me, it's not to be scared to try these new things, um, you know, when I'm also enjoying other paths as well. But it's good to, I guess, have like, the courage to to try ideas and um one thing I'm trying to do with it is just letting it evolve naturally when I was Mm -hmm. early in my painting I would kind of jump from thing to thing and it wasn't very cohesive but now over Mm -hmm. the years I've become um I don't know the word is but I'm becoming in a way where my art I think is growing, but it's, it's not bouncing all over the place. It's just evolving at more mm-hmm. of a, um, a steady progression. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like you definitely enjoy the challenge of, mm-hmm. uh, of pushing that boundary. And I think in theory, we always want to be at least in life or, or really in, in any dimension of ourselves sort of on the, on the cusp of our, of our ability. And we, we want to be, doing something that we like, I guess, kind of balancing competency, like where we are, where we're comfortable, yeah. where we're best. And, and also continuing to, to push that ceiling a little bit and to do some things that, that make us feel a little bit uncomfortable in, in a safe yeah. way so that that can continue to, to evolve over time. So it's, it's definitely something I'll be interested to continue <laughs> to pay attention to. I'm, I've become very interested in just uh, observing how individuals change over time. And mm-hmm. I think artists are a particularly interesting case study of that through their work and, and how that, how that reflects that because it, it really does change 
quite a bit. <laughs> and, yeah, it can. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll um I'll certainly be paying attention to to this new series and and uh, yeah, it, it sounds exciting. I think it's it's always fun to see anyone in in that space of of trying something new and a little bit more abstract and and having a, a new sense of of energy and, and dynamism in what they're doing. So I'm I'm definitely excited to see how that turns out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, yeah, I I very much enjoyed this. I. Me too. <laughs> We'll be bringing things to a close here, but I, I do appreciate you, A, just making time for this, but also sharing a little bit more about yourself and your process, because I know sometimes that can be difficult, especially something that is as intimate as, as art is, but mm-hmm. you, you've been very open and, and you've uh, you've certainly given our audience a lot to think about today. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm really happy that you reached out and I really enjoyed our conversation and thank you for taking the time to make this happen and to share, you know, everything you're sharing with your podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll certainly continue to be in touch and, and maybe, maybe in a few months we can, we can check back in and, and yeah. see how, see how the new series is going and, and see how maybe we've both changed as well. And that sounds we'll good. go from there. Right? <laughs> Thank all right. You. Well, thanks y'all for joining and uh, we'll see you next time. So if you've made it this far, Hopefully it's because this project has resonated with you in some way and added value to your life. And if so, it would be great if you could take that next step to do any of the things that people are always asking you to do. Subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share with a friend, give us a follow on social. I know it can feel like a chore, I get it, but it is all rather simple and easy, (laughs) a lot easier than listening to this whole episode. So any support really does mean a lot to me and goes a long way towards helping this show and its message grow. The simple fact that you're still listening at this point already makes this whole thing worth it for me. Anything else is just gravy. Remember, again, please do send your questions and topics to at impostorsanon on Instagram and Twitter. I welcome them all and would love to hear from you. And oh, If you could be interested in coming on this very show, shoot us a message. Seriously, there are no requirements. I'm always looking for new guests with unique perspectives. I don't care about how many followers you have or where you went to school, and I certainly don't want to read your resume. I just like having interesting, candid conversations. So why not? You're all already a part of this project in my eyes, but I'll give it a rest for today. Thanks again. Your perspective is valuable, and I'll see you next time.